Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3. And it says this, it says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. Someone shout power. Through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power. Someone shout power. Together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp, watch this, how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, now to him, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to the power that is at work within us. Someone shout power. I want you to look at the person next to you. I want you to tell them the title to today's message. Tell them, pray for the impossible. I don't think you heard me today. I say, pray for the impossible. I believe that whatever you've been praying to God about today, God is going to do the thing that you thought he was incapable of doing, the thing that you've been waiting for God to do. God's going to do the impossible in your life. If you believe that, give God some praise in this house. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you that these next few moments you are going to speak to your church and that you're going to transform our hearts, God. Lord, as we conclude this fast, God, would you do what only you can do? It's in your precious name we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. One more time. Come on, if you love Jesus, give him some praise. Woo! Uh, uh, Most of you know this about me already, but uh, do we have any parents in the house? Parents, parents, do you love your kids, parents? I've been a parent for about 12 years. Could you imagine that? I didn't even think, like, me and 30 don't mix. Like, me being 30, 31 years old, 32 years old, it's like, how did Rolando become an older? Like, they start calling me sir in the supermarket. That's not cool. Thank you, sir. What? I thought you were like, yo, thank you, homie. Oh, thank you, dude. Like, like when did that, when, did, when was it okay for you to start calling me sir? Like, don't call me sir. Call me by my name, bro. Um... Uh, But I've been a parent now for 12 years. And in 12 years, one of the beautiful things of being a parent is that you get to see your children grow up and develop. You see them um, transform right before your eyes. Uh, uh, Some of the kids that come to this church, uh, uh, Zach being one of them, there was a point in time that I could pick up Zach with one arm. And he would be running all around the house. And today he is six foot two. And we were struggling for so many, so many uh, years seeing who was taller, and it's official. Zach is taller than I am. But I could still beat him up. Somebody praise God. Um, but my son is 12 years old. Can you imagine that? My son is 12 years old, and I've been able to see his, his life develop and transform. Uh, that's my little boy right there, Emmanuel Bishop Remedios. That's my little boy. I love him. 
special. As you can see, even at one years old, he had swag. He was like, hey, how you doing? Now, can you stay with me, Javi? Stay with me. Stay with me. I need you to help me sound spiritual and anointed. Oh, okay. All right. Give it up for Javi right there. On the... Powerful. Man. I don't sound as anointed without you. I need you. All right. <laughs> um, and my son is, is 12 years old now, and, and uh, he has some phases in his life. I mean, I remember there was a time that he, he, he liked parkour. You know what parkour is? When you think you could bounce off every wall, and you think you could defy gravity. And, and, and he thought he was a ninja, so everywhere we took, he would, he would create obstacle courses in my house. Can you imagine that? He had obstacle courses, jumping over chairs, jumping over uh, tables, jumping on the bed. He thought he was a ninja, a certified ninja. We go to ShopRite, and he was just like just zooming through everything, and, and, and maybe he gave that up for a little while, and then he became a magician. And if you know my son, when he became a magician, you knew he was a magician, that that dude was nice. That dude was ill with it. Like, he would do magic tricks in, in front of you, even to the point that we would go to the mall, and uh, we would stop people, and he would do magic tricks for, for the, the, you know, some of the people that they, they had cards, and he's like, let me show you, let me show how to do magic, and and every five minutes, he's like, Dad, Dad, I got a new trick. I got a new trick. I got a new trick. Let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you. Pick a card, any card, any card, any card. Pick a card. Boom. Disappeared. This is yours. Bop. All done. And then he moved. He's like, you know what? I mastered magic. I'm done with magic. Then he said, I'm not going to uh, pretend to be a genius. I'm going to become a genius. And he said, I'm going to master the Rubik's Cube. And my son took the Rubik's Cube. And in six months, my, my son learned how to do the Rubik's Cube. And he went from finishing the Rubik's Cube in four minutes to finishing the Rubik's Cube in 17.8 seconds. Can you imagine that? My son, he became a Rubik's Cube expert solving 17.8 seconds. I was like, this kid is a genius. Where does he get it from? And uh, he mastered the Rubik's Cube and he's like, I'm, I'm not. I remember the phone call he called me. He's like, Dad, I, you know, I, I just feel like you know, I'm beyond the Rubik's Cube, you know. I'm, growing. It's just, you know, I mean, what, what's better than 17.6 seconds? Six seconds, whoop-de-doo. And he's like, I'm going to become an athlete. And, I, and my son right now, he's just, he's been playing basketball for 11 months only. And he believes in his heart that he's going to give Stephen Curry a run for his money. He believes that. He's, he's been playing, I've been playing only for 11 months. He's like, you see my jumper? And the thing about my son is that he always sees things positive. Like, like he could miss a shot. He'd be like, but you saw the way that hit the net? Like, did you see the way it hit the net, though? Did you saw that my foot was behind? Like, he always finds the positive thing. I'm like, bro, you missed a shot. That's it. He's like, no, but the way it hit the net. Like, you can't miss a shot that good. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I just see my son just grow and develop and, our conversations start changing, you know. They start, we start talking about different things, and, and I see his communication and how he, he's able to formulate thoughts and, and not only formulate thoughts but actually communicate them. And uh, one of the habits that I have with my son is that I'll pick him up, and what I'll do is I'll take him and my daughter will go out to Five Below. How many parents thank God for Five Below when you're like, come on, somebody. You go to Five Below, you'll be like, get anything you want. <laughs> And uh, it was right after Christmas, so a couple of weeks, you know, he, he had his Christmas money going on. And, and obviously, he had money, but we were broke because we spent all our money on Christmas gifts. You know what I'm talking about? And so, uh, my son would be like, yo, let's go to Five Below. I was like, listen, I don't got money to, to, to buy toys this week, right? I tell him, I don't, I don't, I don't tell him I, we can't afford it. I just tell him we don't have money this week for it. And uh, I told him, listen, we, uh, we can't buy that this week. 
And he goes like, it's okay, I'll spend my money. I got my Christmas money. So he's like, I'm going to go, you know, buy some toys. So him and my, my daughter, they start using their own money to purchase their toys. And the first week happened, and that was pretty cool. And, and uh, the second week, he was like, hey, Dad, let's go to the store and buy some toys. And I was like, I can't do that this week. We'll do it another, another week. And he's like, it's okay, I got money. I was like, all right, you want to buy a toy? You can use your own money. You're more than welcome. Let's go to Five Below. He go to Five Below. He'll purchase his own gift. Third week comes. He's like, Dad, I want to go to Five Below. And I said, okay, no problem. And uh, I said, the only thing is I can't buy you no toys. He's like, all right, I still got a, I got a couple of dollars left. What he started realizing was that he had about, uh, he had a couple of, I don't remember how much it was, but it was something like $40, $50. And I was like, hey, take 10% to God. You give 10% on your savings. And so he started realizing that I don't got as much money as I thought I did, right? <laughs> And so he's like, five below. I don't know if I could afford five below. And we went to the, and bought his toy at five below. And we come back and randomly, my son is, we're just in a random conversation. He's like, it was almost like he was been contemplating asking me this, right? And randomly, my son is like, dad, can I ask you a question? I was like, sure, son. He says, how, how come, how, how, how come, how come, um, how come, um, how come, you know, I hope you understand you know, how come lately I've been having to buy my own gifts? And I was like, <laughs> I've been waiting for this day, right? He's like, no, I'm just, I'm just asking though. Like, I'm just asking, like, how come we have to buy our own gifts now? I'm like, well, do I want the toys? He's like, yeah, yeah, but you always buy me the toys. Like, how come I have to spend my own money? This is his face. My own money to buy my toys. And I said, oh, oh, now that it's coming from your bank account, you're thinking twice about buying toys. As long as it didn't cost you anything, you wanted all the toys you can get, right? Now that it's going to cost you something, uh, you're thinking twice about this. And I think that this is a, uh, when, I, when I had this conversation with him, it really sprung up in me. And I said, wow, it's interesting that when, that it's interesting that when something costs us something, we think, costs us something, we think twice about it. And I say that because when it comes to your spiritual walk, when it comes to your journey in Jesus, let me tell you, salvation is free, but your spiritual growth and development is going to cost you something. I can't tell you how many times like, we want the byproduct, we want the product, we want the end result as long as it doesn't cost us something. And the moment it starts costing something, we start backtracking, we start taking steps back because it's going to cost you something. Salvation is free. God has saved us through his beautiful grace. All we have to do is place faith on it. But if you ever want to develop, if you ever want to ever walk into all God has for you, I want to tell you, Christ Uncensored, house of worship, that it may cost you something. It may cost you some time. It may cost you some generosity. It may cost you your talents and your gifts. It may cost you pouring out what God has already poured into you. <laughs> so when it comes to prayer, I want to tell you, man, that as we grow and develop in prayer, as we, as we mature in our spiritual walk with Jesus, man, it's going to cost us something. 
It's going to cost us something. The conversation that you were having with God two years ago may change because you have developed and you have become spiritually mature and you understand who you are in Christ and you understand that you are in Christ and that you are seated in high places with him in, in the heavens, that you have a, a position in him uh, of sonship, that you are not a slave, that you are not a, 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 a forgotten child, that no, you are a child of God and your prayer begins to change when you begin to develop and become spiritually mature. You know when it's the first thing, one of the first things that happened, you start asking God, for the impossible. Like, I, 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 listen, I know that we can come to God for anything. I know that we can pray to God for our parking spot. Have you ever prayed to God for a parking spot? Come on, somebody. Have you ever prayed to God? Have you ever prayed to God uh, to, to, to stop time and get you to work on time? Like, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? But I, I just think that those are amazing things. But I think that God doesn't want to just answer our basic, simple, ordinary prayers. God, help me through this week. God, help me through my bills. There's a time for that. But as you begin to grow, you begin to know who you are in Christ. And you begin to pray some audacious prayers. You begin to some, pray some prayers. As a matter of fact, I want to tell you today, God is waiting for you to pray some prayers that will make him get up off the throne and say, I've been waiting for you to pray for that a long time because I've been waiting to show off in your life. I want to tell you today that God wants to show off in your life. God, God doesn't want to just answer these basic, simple prayers. I think that there's a time and a place for that. God, help me through this week. But what if I told you instead of praying for God, <laughs> oh my God, this is going to scare some people. I, I, instead of praying to God to help you pay for the bills, why don't you while you're struggling with your bills, I dare you to pray to God for the house that he has for you. I ain't going to pray for my bills. I ain't going to pray. No, nah, I'm not going to pray for my bills. You know what I'm going to pray for? Thank you for the house that you have for me. Thank you for the car that you have for me. Thank you for that job opportunity that's already waiting for me. You start praying different when you begin to develop and grow and mature. It's what the apostle Paul wants to communicate to the church in Ephesus. The church's Ephesus is booming, it's growing, it's developing. It's the mega church of its time. And the apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3, he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, did you hear that? Out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. He's saying, listen, where you can tap into is glorious riches. <laughs> See, sometimes our power source starts and begins with ourselves, and God is saying that you have access to glorious riches. How do you see your God today? Because the same way you see your God is the same way you'll live your life. But when you see your God with glorious riches, he's saying, listen, I'm able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ever ask for or think. He says, I can do, I can provide all your needs according to what? My riches in glory. Do you have a need today? God can provide it for you according to, not your riches, according to his riches in glory. Imagine you had access to Bill Gates' bank account. He's saying, listen, my son, listen, my daughter, you have access to my bank account. All you got to do is tap in. I want to give you power today. This is why all through Scripture you see the impossible happening. Because they knew who their God was. 
they knew who their God was. There was, there was a man by the name of Grayson Kirby. He was in a horrific car accident. Grayson Kirby was in a horrific car accident and his family believed in prayer. And when he was, he was given 5% chance to live, he was in a coma. The doctor, says that he, the doctor said that he wouldn't make it, but I want to tell you that God wants to show off in your life to the measure that people will look at what's happening in your life and can only say, man, that could only be God. God wants, to, God wants you to stack the odds against him so that he can show off in your life. God doesn't just want to walk on water. He wants a walk on water in the middle of a storm. So this man, Grayson Kirby, was, was in the hospital. He was left for dead. He, he was in a horrific car accident, but his family said, nah, I believe in a God that can do the impossible. And they began to pray. And all over the country, people from all every state began to pray for Grayson. And let me tell you, the, the doctor said that he had 5% chance to live. But in 10 days, this boy got up off the coma, and today he lives with no brain damage, with no horrific measurement. Pray the impossible. There was another man by the name of Jacob Barger who was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. The doctor said that you have 30% chance to live within the next four years you'll be dead. And his answer was, listen, I am confident that the God that I pray to will answer my prayers. And let me tell you, within the year... This man was cancer-free. He stopped the chemo. He stopped everything. He said, I'm going to believe in God. And guess what happened? This man prayed for the impossible. And the impossible happened. Come on. We could give God some praise in this house. There was another kid by the name of John Smith. His mother began to pray for him the moment he came out of the waters because he was underwater for 15 minutes. And for 30 minutes, the, the, the emergency personnel began to performed CPR and he wouldn't resuscitate and he wouldn't revive and they were about to call it done right there and the mother began to pray. <laughs> I said the mother began to pray. I don't know about you but there's something about a praying mother. And she didn't say, God, save my child. She said, God, I know you're going to save my child. I know that this is your child. I know that you love him more than I do. And she began to pray prayers of faith, praying for the impossible. And guess what happened? That boy got up on his feet. My God, I said that boy got up on this feet. Why? Because there was someone willing to say, God, at this moment, I want to stack the odds against you. And I want you to show off in my life. Does anybody want God to show up in their life? Come on, if you want God to show up in your life, give him some praise like you mean it today. We have access to his glorious riches. Our glorious riches. And so many of us at times, even including myself, I have reduce my prayer life to simply pray for the most simplest thing because I, it's almost like I want God to fulfill it. It's all making it easy for him. And God is saying, I don't do the easy. I do the difficult. You can do the easy and take credit for it, but let me do the difficult in your life. We have access to this glorious riches. And I remember when I moved into my home, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, and don't judge me as I say this story. I... Uh, we moved into our new apartment that spoke to Lisa because apparently she doesn't speak only tree, she speaks house. And the house spoke to her and we moved into this house because the house spoke to her. The house didn't tell me Jack. I don't speak house, but it, Lisa speaks house. 
And so we moved into this apartment, and, and I remember uh, as we were in this apartment, what we realized is that once we moved in, that the electric sockets didn't work. And it was weird for me, don't judge me, it was weird for me because I, I would plug the stuff in, it didn't work, and there was a, a few sockets in, in the house that didn't work. And then it was weird because we didn't have a, a light in the ceiling, but we had a switch. And so it was weird because I was like, yo, it's almost like they, they, they thought of putting a light up there, and then they got lazy. It's like we created the switch for it, but they were like, ah, nah, we're just going to leave a switch there. So we had rooms, if you come to my house, we have rooms with switches but no lights on the ceiling. And I was like, why in the world would somebody do it? Anyway, we would roll these extension cords from the sockets that would work all the way to the place that needed the power. Why are you judging me? It's not that funny. Don't be judging me. Hey, we, 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 would, we would run the extension cords and, and poor my wife, because my wife shouldn't know these things, but as the man of the house, I should know these things, all right? Um, and so I remember that the cable guy came to the house. And the cable guy, you know, man, you know what I'm talking about. You want to make believe like you know what you're doing when a cable guy comes in or any, anybody that does a utility. And he comes into the house and he's like, all right, I'm going to run the cable. I'm going to plug it here. And I was like, no, that socket don't work. And he was like, no, it works. And I was like, no. I said, bro, this is my house. I know what sockets work in my house. He's like, no, 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 those don't work. These are old houses. And what you don't understand is that there's power in that outlet. All you got to do is flip the switch. That wasn't a clapping moment, just by the way. He says, all you got to do is flip the switch. Because there's power in that outlet. All you got to do is flip the switch. I think that there may, people, there may be people here who have been living in a house that has power in it, but God is telling you today, all you got to do is flip the switch. See, this, uh, this, this power that is right next to you, and, and we're running extension cords to access power from the left and access power from the right, but God is telling you this morning that all you got to do is flip the switch. Look at the person next to you and tell them, flip the switch. Flip the switch. I think in 2018, it's time for some of us to flip the switch. Jesus says in Mark chapter 11, he says, Jesus said to them, have faith in God. For sure, I tell you, a person may say to the mountain, move from here to the sea. And if he does not doubt but believes that what he says will be done, it will happen. Because of this, I say to you, whatever you ask, for when you pray, have faith that you will receive. He says, do you know the type of access you have? Listen, stop telling Jesus and God about your problems and start talking to your problems about the big God that you serve. He says, listen, listen, for far too long you've been praying about the mountains to God, but God is saying flip the switch. And I need you to understand that you don't need to ask for power because I'm giving you power and you don't need to pray about the mountain and tell me how big your mountain is. Why don't we look at our mountain and start declaring how great and how big our God is. You pray differently. You pray differently when you have power. Guess what? What is the name of your mountain today? What is the name of your mountain today? Your mountain has a name. Cancer has a name. Anxiety has a name. Depression has a name. Anger has a name. Sickness has a name. Your sin has a name. But greater than cancer. <laughs> 
greater than your sickness, greater than your sin, greater than your anxiety, greater than your trouble, greater than your problems, greater than any of those names is the name that is above all names and his name is Jesus. I came to tell you today, turn around and look at your mountain and declare to your mountain this morning, my God has a name and his name is Jesus. Come on, I dare you to give God some praise in this place. I dare you to open up your mouth. I dare you to speak to your mountain right now. Say, my God is greater. My God is greater. My God is greater. Come on, Kuwa. Give God some praise today. My God has a name. And his name is Jesus. And it's greater than your sickness, greater than your trouble, greater than your anxiety. Listen, I know that there's a time and place for everything. And I know that there's a time that we struggle. But there has to come a time in our development and in our spiritual maturity that we don't just speak to God about our mountains, but we speak to our mountains about our God. There has to be a time in our walk with Jesus that we start looking at our mountains without fear. When is this mountain going to move? It's going to move. Whew. It's going to move. It's going to move in the name of Jesus because greater than the mountain trouble is the king that's, that his name is above all names. Some of us are one prayer away from changing the course of our destiny. And the apostle Paul says, I pray that your glorious riches may strengthen you with power through his spirit in inner being. Now watch this. It says, so that so that, so that. Did you hear his prayer request? He says, I pray that out of the glorious riches, he may strengthen you in with power through his spirit in your inner being. But look, but look, but look, so that. See, I think that we have stopped short in our prayer because we're just asking God for certain things. But God wants to hear us so that. Because the so that will take it a little bit further. I said, no, don't just pray for your kids to be saved. I dare you to start praying, God, I declare my kids' salvation so that they can transform this world, so that they can heal the sick, so that they can, they can serve as a testimony. God, I pray, I pray that I can, no, God, just give me a job, God, I just need a job. No, 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 God, I thank you for the job opportunity that's opening up so that I can be generous, so that I can bless your kingdom. So your prayers start to change. Don't stop short. Say, next time you pray, give God a so that. Say, I want to answer that. I've been waiting to answer that. I don't want to just fulfill the, 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 the least of your prayer requests. I can do exceedingly, exceedingly abundantly all that you can ever ask for or think. Look what he says. He says, being rooted and established in love, you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people and grasp how high, watch this, watch this, how high, how high, how high, how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. This verse wrecks me. I say, God, 
and to know his love that surpasses your knowledge. He says you, this type of love cannot be understood through mental assent or intellectual assent. And sometimes when we hear a message on God's love, we're like, okay, God, okay, okay, here's another message on God's love. Listen, if we, if we are still at the place where we're like, here's another message of God's love, then we still have not encountered God's love. Why? Because his love is limitless. There are layers to layers and layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of his love. And so if you reduce your, the love of God to your intellectual knowledge, you are simply demoting God's love to earthly love. When God is saying, listen, I want you to know how wide, how long, how high, how deep, how, how deep his love, the love of Christ is. And to know his love that surpasses knowledge. See, sometimes... I want, to, I want to write this down. The power that God gives you, number one, is to, the power to know God's love. A power to know God's love because when you know that God loves you, you pray differently. When you know God loves you, you pray differently. I, I don't talk about different religions from the pulpit, but I was speaking to a woman that was Catholic. And this woman was Catholic and she asked me to pray for her. And I said, I will pray for you. And uh, she said, in conversation, she was saying, I, 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 I pray to a saint. And she goes, I pray to Saint Mary and Saint Joseph for particular things and because then they can go to God for me. Now, 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 now I, hear, I hear that. And, and again, please, if you're Catholic here, please know that I'm not judging you in any way. Uh, uh, we, we love Catholics here. Um, my mom was a Catholic. I think she still is. But... Um, <laughs> and uh, she said, you know, I prayed to these saints because they'll go to God for me. And I said, let me tell you something. Let me tell you, I hear what you're saying, but don't you believe that God loves you? She goes, yeah, but you know, like, you know, sometimes I'm not good and sometimes I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. And so I'd rather someone else go for me. And I was like, oh, you still don't understand that God loves you. You still don't understand that God cannot stop, God cannot disassociate himself from love. See, God doesn't do love, God doesn't fall love, God doesn't show love, God is love. And what you need to understand is God is love. And he can't stop, he cannot stop loving you, he cannot stop loving you as, as, as hard as it is, it would be more easier for God to stop being God than God stop loving you. How about that? Because he doesn't do love, he is love. He is the source of our love. And I told this lady, I said, listen, you don't understand. You, you see, if my son would feel like he needed to go through another person to communicate to me, I'd feel offended. If my wife was like, hey, listen, I want you to talk to Pastor Rowe and send me a message through someone else that she should be communicating directly to me, I'd be like, baby, what's going on here? What, what, I mean, why are you talking to me through people? Like, why are you talking? Why? Because she has access to the one that loves her. Because I have access. Imagine I sent someone a message to Lisa that I could go directly to myself. Do you know that curly hair will be swinging all over the place? Why? Because she knows I have access to her. Why are you? And so when you know that God loves you, whoo, you don't need to go through any saint. You don't need to go through anybody. You can have access to God yourself. You can go to the throne and God is saying, listen, I'm waiting for you. Do you know that I love you? Do you know I, the power, the most powerful thing you could ever experience is the love of God over and over again. As our worship team comes up, I want to give you two final points to write down. God gives you the power to know his love. 
And God also gives you the power to overcome your excuses. What, what excuses are, are we putting before God? Because sometimes we don't pray powerful prayers because we keep flooding our prayer life with excuses. No, God can't use me because I'm not ready. God can't do the impossible in my life because I'm not worthy. God can't, and you stop believing for the impossible. You know why? Because you're flooding the prayer room with excuses. There was a man in John chapter five, do we have that? And it says, sometime later there was a religious gathering of Jews and Jesus went to the Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem there was a pool with five porches and called Bethesda. Near the sheep gate inside these porches, they lay many sick people. Some were blind, some could not walk, some could not move their bodies. And an angel of the Lord came at a certain time and made the water move all over them. We're waiting for it to move. Whoever got in the water first after it was moving was healed of whatever sickness he had. A man was there who had been sick for 38 years. Catch this. He was sick for 38 years, and Jesus saw him lying there and knew. Watch this. Look, look, what, look what it says. Jesus saw him lying there and knew that the man had been sick a long time. God knows your issue. God knows your struggle. And Jesus said to him, would you like to be healed? Now you read that and you're like, okay, another miracle just happened. But he asked some interesting question. That's like asking, like, that's not like asking me, do I wish, would you want to be thin? I guess. And he says, after, Jesus asks the obvious, like you're going through a struggle, and he says, you need help with that? Uh, uh, hello? can't walk. What do you mean? Do I want to be healed? Watch this. Look at the answer of the man. He says, he says, man, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is moving while I'm, <laughs> did you see that? His answer should have been yes, absolutely. But he starts giving them excuses. No, what happened was is that every time I try to go in the water, the water don't work. People get in my way and people start we start flooding God's throne with excuses and God is saying, no, I'm giving you power to overcome your excuses. Do you want to be healed? Absolutely. I believe it's going to happen right now. No, don't, don't come to an altar call thinking, oh God, it's just, you know, I don't know if I'm worthy. I don't know if I'm good. And God is saying, no, come to me like a son. Come to me with authority. Come to me knowing who you are and don't present excuses. Last thing is that God gives you the power to receive all that he has for you. Receive all the power God has for you. Because many times we stop praying for the impossible. You know why? Because we settle. We settle. Let's be honest. How many times have we settled in life? We settle for less than the best that God has for us. See, I don't know about you, but there was this man that was by a gate. And year after year, he's asking at a gate for some money. And when Jesus and John, uh, when James and John approach him, they ask him, do you want to be healed? He says, get up and walk. He says, no, he says, give me some money, sir. And he goes, I don't have money, but what I have for you, I give. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. 
Look what he was asking for. He was asking for money. You know what? If they would have taken out of their pocket $100, he would have been settled with $100 and never and missed out on the miracle that God has for him. He would have missed out completely. And so our prayer life has become, Lord, just give me money. God is saying, you just want, that's it? What I have for you is going to transform your life. God, just help me with my bills. No, what I have for you will transform your life. Start praying for the impossible. See, this man stopped praying for his healing. And he settled for a couple of dollars. And he says, I don't have silver or gold, but what I have I give unto you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. I'm going to give you the impossible to show you that there is a God that wants to show off in your life. And if I would have given you money, you would have stayed right there and you would have asked money for tomorrow. Would have been in this routine, but God wants to do the impossible in your life. He doesn't want you to go around circles in the wilderness. He wants you to start walking in your promised land. And so what is the impossible thing in your life today? What is the thing that you've settled on? What? Because I think many of us have stopped asking God. We've stopped asking God for the extraordinary and we're simply settling on the ordinary. We're no longer asking God for the one. We're just, God, God, we're no longer praying for true love. We're just praying, just give me anybody, God, just somebody. We stop asking for the career and the calling. And just God, just give me a job, anything, anything right now, just anything to pay the bills. We stop asking for what will wake us up with purpose. And we're simply asking for what will simply resolve and get us to the next day. What's your impossible thing today? What is that thing that you just like, honestly, I gave up on this. I gave up. God answers it, he answers it. If he doesn't, he doesn't. It is what it is. What if I told you here in 2018 that God is saying, no, I want to do the impossible in your life today. I want to do the miraculous in your life today. Don't just pray for the ordinary. Today, I'm going to ask every single one here that is at the, sound, that at the sound of my voice that you say, God, here is the impossible. It's, it's been there. It's been there. It's been there. And it's been there. And I stopped praying for it because God, I mean, obviously you're not going to answer it, but God is saying, no, I'm willing to do the impossible in your life today. Can you get up on your feet right now? Get up on your feet. Everybody up on your feet. Listen to me. We don't do this in every service. But I've, I really believe there's a special anointing in this house today. And at this moment, I'm going to ask our prayer counselors to come forward. Come, 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 come help me pray. Come, come to the altar. Come. Two here, two here. Two here, two here. John, right, right there. You and here's what I want to pray. Today's prayer is specifically for the impossible. There's people that, have, that are sick that God's going to heal you. There's people here that have addictions that God is, that you want, you've been praying for God to break. God, I've been struggling with this. God's going to break free today. There's addiction here that are going to be broken today. Today, chains are going to be broken. There's some relationships that are going to be restored here today. What, what, we can do, what we try to do in a lifetime, God could do in a Holy Ghost moment. 
There's salvations that are going to take place. You've been coming to church and you're like, you know, I've just been coming to church and, you know, I, I like it. It's good. But God is saying, no, you haven't encountered my love today. God, in a supernatural second, you're going to walk out of here on fire for Jesus in the next two seconds than you ever have in the last six years. There's some things in your heart today that God is going to chip away at. And the thing that you thought was impossible. It's impossible for me to love the way I used to love. It's impossible for me to overcome this hurt. It's impossible for me to pray for, for healing. God is saying, will you bring it at the altar today? Please, sir, ma'am, brother, sister, will you bring it at the altar today? I want to count to three. And I want to pray and lay hands on some people today. Please don't be intimidated. Please don't be scared. Please don't put excuses before God. Please don't settle for less than what God has for you. And just jump in to his love today. At the count of three, if that's, two, if that's you, I need you to run up into this altar. Not, not, listen, not haphazard. I need you to run up into this altar like you're diving into the swimming pool of God's love. One, two, three. Come on, get up on your feet. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.